0: Some crimes are so terrible that it is difficult to think of any punishment that will meet the need. As well as all the individual acts of callous brutality, which are reported in some detail, we live in a world where there is also the words of crime relating to to warfare. In both cases, whether it be individuals or groups or nations, these crimes are a travesty of what God wishes for this world to be like. And in our sophisticated world, human beings are capable of what can only be described as depravity there are those who would adopt the policy an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth if only it was as simple as that the decision taking would be much easier but often logic and so-called common sense doesn't produce the adequate outcome you probably have never heard of a gentleman, gentleman called Richard Shepherd, an author. And he wrote a book and exposed the lack of common sense in the story in Enemy Waters. He writes of how one day he watched two men fighting in the street violently punching each other and kicking each other. And both of them landed in the gutter. The reason for their violence and their fighting was obvious. Each had a car, and each car was half-parked. One car was nose into a space at the curb and the other car had been trying to reverse in to the same space. The combatants' lack of logic, their stupidity, even in their fight, was clear for all other pedestrians to see, and they had smiles on their faces because they are painted on the pavement in bright yellow. No parking. How often do we have a situation which descends into amusement? The two men found themselves fighting, muddying themselves, achieving nothing. This morning, you heard Katie read, read, and we heard about two men. One Samson, an Old Testament Rambo-like character, and if you read more of Judges, you will know that he kills animals as well as people for no significant reason. He kills 30 men at Ashkelon in order to obtain their clothes to settle a silly wager. He enters into many, many illicit love affairs until Delilah brings him down and delivers him into the hands of his enemies. And so he is blinded. He is humiliated. And Samson's upbringing belongs to those people who believe that only God can deal with such a thing. But Samson is one of those people who believes that one Dead Philistine is good. Each and every one he would have killed. They reflect Samson's actions, words written on a gravestone in a cemetery in the United States of America. The gravestone reads... Here lies the body of James Schwimmer. In his lifetime, he killed 97 Indians. He was living in the blessed hope that it might be a hundred when he fell asleep in the arms of Jesus. Mention of Jesus takes us away from the Samson style of story, whose religious insight is that such stories are tragedies or selfish, uncontrolled passions and neglect of sacred vows. All of those brought him to disaster, even at the moment of his seeming heroic climax, revenge, is a destructive force which destroys and can never restore or make new. And when we mention the name Jesus, Jesus takes us into the New Testament. And there we see a second man whose name was Stephen. Stephen, in his final moments, also prays, not in desperation, but in strength. His words, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Those last minutes are an acceptance that Christ's way of grace is above others. For Stephen, Jesus is real. And is present, indeed is within him in all the power of God's Spirit. He knew that his enemies could stone him and he would be killed. But he knew also that these stones would not cause his spirit, the spirit of God, to die. And then comes his ultimate statement, statement of forgiveness. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And he dies, calling for forgiveness, although he has been wronged. And the message of Jesus, the message of the cross, is a message of redemption. It is a message of hope, hope and perseverance. The message commands followers of Jesus to salvage lives which have strayed. It's not for us to decide who is beyond hope, who is beyond the grace of God growth, change, reconciliation, forgiveness, new enlightenment, they all happen. Some of of us know from personal experience such experiences. The scene from the book of Acts finishes with a throwaway line which It's not part of a reading, but it's there if you read Acts. Simple throwaway line. Saul, who was mentioned at the end of the reading, Saul approved of his murder. And we know from our reading of Scripture that Saul changed. Not only did he change his name, but he changed the way he lived. His whole life altered. There came a day when Saul, who became Paul, wrote to the Christians at Rome, saying to them, never take revenge, my friends, but instead let God do it for you. Jesus instructed his disciples, to pray, forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors, those who have sinned against us. Stephen was able to distinguish between the deed and the doer. Samson could not. Samson continued the cycle of hatred and revenge Stephen broke the cycle and sought reconciliation. Samson's life was tragic, Stephen's triumphant. I leave you with Paul's words. If your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, Give him water. Do not let evil defeat. Instead, conquer evil with good. Our faith, our belief, is to care for those who share this world with us, family, friends, neighbors, colleagues, all who are known to us and all who are unknown to us. And in these days that we live in, we see how politics and religion come together, sometimes clashing, but better when they share what is given to them in our world. Politics and religion enable you to live your life in a way that would allow you to hold fast to your faith and to know that there will be a welcome for you in God's kingdom of heaven.